You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the podcast on a Tuesday. Thank you for joining us. A lot to get to like usual. We'll talk a little bit about what Tom Homo had to say to DJ and PK on the Zone Sports Network yesterday. Some great thoughts. We'll get to a few of them. We're going to sparse them out throughout the rest of the week. Some great thoughts all the way around from BYU's reclusive athletic director. We'll talk about that. We'll also catch up on other BYU sports news, awards being handed out for BYU's great performance against Troy. Also need to talk a little bit about the NFL players, the former Cougars in the pros. So a lot to get to on a Tuesday edition of the show. It's brought to you today by our good friends over at rockauto.com. We'll tell you about them here in just a little bit. All right, rundown out of the way. Let's get going. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 29th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us each and every day on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Uh, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button if you haven't done so already. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day, as well as sharing insider tidbits that you will not find anywhere else. We have an absolute blast talking Cougar football each and every day. Uh, first things first, I wanted to issue a public, I guess, thank you to BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo. He is notoriously reclusive and does not talk to the local media a lot. He usually talks to them once a year, what they call the Tom Homo Annual Media Roundtable or Summit, whatever you want to term it. Well, we've been trying to get him on the Zone Sports Network, the radio station I work for in my day job, for a long time now. We wanted to get some of his thoughts on how scheduling was going amidst the pandemic and just kind of his thoughts on how things are operating currently for the Cougars. Well, he had uh, been reluctant to talk to really anybody locally, but DJ and PK, the show that I produce on a daily basis, got him to sit down at the National Football Foundation Utah Chapters Golf Scramble event yesterday at Riverside Country Club. And I really do thank Tom Homo for taking the time. He talked for over 30 minutes with David and Patrick. If you want to hear it, it's in entirety. I would encourage you guys to do so. You can go to 1280thezone.com. It's right there on the homepage for you guys. It should be the first story you see. You can listen to the entirety of the interview. We're going to parse out pieces of this throughout the week here because there was great info all the way through about what Tom Homo has dealing with with COVID-19, trying to schedule games, so many different topics. And to be honest with you guys, the overarching theme of it all is Tom Home was preaching patience as well as just making it clear that there are so many unknowns when it comes to COVID-19. And I can't blame him one bit for handling things the way he's handling them. So today we're going to talk a little bit. We'll get you some of his comments on scheduling. First things first, though, one of his compatriots, John Hartwell, the Utah State Athletic Director, also joined DJ and PK yesterday. And last week, Craig Thompson lifted the lid saying that BYU and Boise State was a regularly scheduled game, or I guess what had been scheduled for the weekend of November 7th was originally scheduled for November 6th. That game may end up still being played 
And the reason why is because of the game that Army and not Army, yeah, no, Army has against Navy that same weekend. It would leave 11 teams from the Mountain West Conference in action. They want to have one team have a bye, and BYU just happens to have an opening where they could play that game. So it looks like things are looking up. And John Hartwell yesterday, Utah State's athletic director, well, he added a little bit more about what to expect from this and the chances of that game actually coming to fruition. One of the potential scenarios to offset that November 7th game, because we have 12 teams in our league, so if you pull out Air Force, then somebody else has got to be off that week too. So there is talk. I don't know how significant that talk is, but there's talk about a Boise-BYU matchup on November 7th. So there may be a one-off or two that are non-conference games, but for the most part, everybody's going to be conference only. There you go. John Hartwell saying that BYU and Boise State, there are ongoing conversations with regards to that game getting scheduled. Well, when Tom Homo stopped by to join DJ and PK, he talked a little bit more about it and what the opportunity might be for BYU to face off against the Broncos up there in Boise. There's just a situation that cropped up that they hadn't really prepared for. They didn't really think about that. But I think it's good for the military academies. And look, the Mountain West Conference is going to try to do what they can to make sure that every team in their conference has you know, somewhat of an equal opportunity to play games. So with one team not being able to play on that given week, why not let them play? And look, it's not that it's a BYU thing. It's a Mountain West Conference thing. And everybody would know that our attitude about playing these games is we want to play play the games and we'll try to play them if it's feasible. So if it's if there's an open discussion about this that's going to go on, we'd like to get in the mix. There you go. Tom Homo speaking about the chances of that BYU-Boise game. And I have to tell you guys, reading between the lines on this, if that game doesn't happen, I'll be legitimately stunned. It makes too much sense for the Mountain West Conference to have those two games. So they'd have 10 of the teams in conference action that weekend. Of course, Air Force Academy would step out and play Army for the Commander-in-Chief Trophy. They're expected to play Navy this weekend in the first of those two games for the Commander-in-Chief Trophy. But that weekend, you don't want to leave Boise State or another team on a bye. Of course, other teams might call might cry foul, saying that they've got a, what would you call a competitive advantage, having a week off, having a bye week in there. So you know what? Have BYU play, and it just so happens that same weekend that Air Force is expected to face off against Army, BYU previously had scheduled this game against Boise State. It makes far too much sense for this game not to happen. I will stake a lot of my reputation on saying that game will happen, and you'll have the announcement. According to John Hartwell, the hope is to have the Mountain West Conference schedule locked in in the next day or two, is what he said yesterday. So maybe announcement comes already by the time you hear this podcast today. Maybe it comes tomorrow. But I would expect, and I'm reading between the lines, and I'm really just thinking that it makes too much sense for this game not to happen. So I'm expecting to see BYU facing off against Boise State the first weekend in November. Now, you're probably also wondering, well, BYU additionally has two, three weekends still available in November. Well, how are they going about scheduling? What's Tom doing? Well, he talked to DJ and PK about that very topic. Here you go. We still have games available, but the way I thought I might add and do that is different now. Uh, I'd say maybe a couple months ago before we started the season, we were scrambling to try to get anybody to play. And now you can see a situation that has arisen where there's possible open games depending on missed games and postponed games. So you have the opportunity. We, we have those three games sitting at the end of the schedule in November 
November in uh, three out of four or five weeks where they're open and instead like trying to just find anybody I'm thinking right now that it's possible that there could be games that people might just want to play later and so instead of trying to grab them right now it's probably better just to wait and see what games might be available at that time. I think that's a very savvy way to look at things and go about scheduling games if you're Tom Homo. Sit back, see what happens. We've already seen, what, are we up to 25 games that have been canceled and or postponed due to COVID-19? So I can guarantee you this. There are going to be teams looking for games in the month of November. You may have to prepare on a very short week or on very short notice for such games, but if you can get, uh, I guess, what you call a higher-profile opponent as a result of them having a game postponed or having previously had games canceled, why not go for that? I think Tom has been learning along with the rest of us about what exactly this pandemic entails. There are so many unknowns, folks. We have never lived through a pandemic in our lives. If you have, let me know, but I don't think any of us have. And I think we're all kind of learning different things about how life in a pandemic operates that's different from how life operates when you're not in a pandemic. So I applaud Tom Homo for having, uh, I guess, a measured approach to scheduling. You heard him talk about the fact that I think he said we had a different approach early on. And I think he was planning on, you know what, let's book all 12 games and call it a day. I think he learned from the situation early on this season with them having a game postponed against Army, other teams having games canceled outright, etc. Then you know what? Let's sit back, let's be patient, and we'll put some games together as they get closer. And I think it's a very good and savvy move for BYU's athletic director to go about doing things here. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to recap all of the weekly awards that BYU players garnered after their stellar performance against Troy. Also need to talk about the game time that's been announced, the network, etc., for both Houston as well as the UTSA games, the two games coming up after BYU's game against uh, Louisiana Tech this coming Friday. So a lot ahead on today's podcast later on as well. We'll catch up with former Cougars and the pros. How did week two or no, excuse me, week three in the NFL go for all the former Cougars and the pros. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at rockauto.com, guys. Rockauto.com is the best place for all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV can be found. I mean that. I have used them. Multiple different hosts on this network have used them as well. We've got a guy who's built up a brand new, or I guess he's rebuilding a Cadillac. He's used Rock Auto to get the parts for that. We had an, a host, Ross Jackson, who has got a truck that needed a new flatbed, or not a new flatbed, a new uh, tailgate, and he got it through rockauto.com. I'm telling you folks, anything and everything you could want from rockauto.com is out there, and it's got everything for your car from all the different manufacturers who may make whatever part you're looking for. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com, look up your car, the model name, the year, etc., and all the parts that are available for your vehicle will pop up right there. It's a real easy way to find the parts that you need for your daily driver, your classic muscle car, your fixer-upper, whatever it might be. Additionally, all the parts you order from rockauto.com are shipped to you directly to your door. You can be in your pajamas, and all of a sudden your parts show up, and you're off and rolling. It is a great way to get all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need, guys. So go check it out. That's rockauto.com. When you stop by, make sure to mention Locked On and the How Did You Hear About Us box. So that way, they know to give us credit for you guys stopping by. Big thank you once again for your continued support of the podcast and support of rockauto.com, guys. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, 
all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. I mean that. Check them out now at rockauto.com. Let's take a minute here and run down a lot of the news that came out yesterday on social media, etc. There were a lot of awards, weekly awards, also some announcements from BYU football that came out. So let's hit them just kind of in order as how they came out yesterday. So there's going to be a little haphazard bouncing back and forth, but bear with us for a minute because I think a lot of good stuff came out of BYU yesterday. First things first, Zach Wilson off his career-high passing performance in the win over Troy. He was named to the Davey O'Brien National Quarterback Award Great 8 list. Good to see him get that award. For the second straight week, he also was named to the Maxwell uh, Super 8 list as well as being named to the Davey O'Brien Award Watch List midseason list. And that's a really convoluted statement, but nonetheless, he's on the Davey O'Brien Brian, Davy O'Brien Award watch list. BYU has won a number of Davy O'Brien Awards in their history. None really recently. I think in the 1990s is the last time they captured one. Was it Ty Detmer, maybe? Steve Sarkeesian? But it has been a long time since BYU has captured one of those awards. And Zach Wilson off to a very, very solid start this season. So congratulations to him on all those honors coming his way. His blindside protector, Brady Christensen, was named to the Pro Football Focus National Team of the Week as the left tackle for that team. Uh, of course, Pro Football Focus, they have a really cool thing they do. And if you don't know what PFF is, they actually grade individual players every play from every game that they play. They go in, they put a grade up, and then they put those all together. The cumulative grades make you either eligible for the National Team of the Week or it's going to keep you off the National Team of the Week. And Brady Christensen had a great, great night against Troy. I don't recall him ever allowing a pressure to get in the face of Zach Wilson. Honestly, I don't think Zach Wilson really got pressured outside of that corner blitz. They got him on a sack and... Corner blitzes are always kind of hard to pick up if you're an offensive tackle, but nonetheless, it was a great showing, and it didn't come from the left side. It came from the right side. I think Blake Freeland was the right tackle in that individual play. So, of course, Brady Christensen enjoying a great night, and as such, being named to the PFF National Team of the Week. He also was named as left tackle for the National Offensive Line of the Week as well from Pro Football Focus, their college arm. So congratulations to him. It's cool to see these guys getting these honors, obviously. Not all teams are playing, let's acknowledge that, but it is cool to see BYU players getting honored for their stellar play. It's worth it. Uh, so I, I said it was earlier, there's a Maxwell Award. It's the Manning Award Stars of the Week that Zach Wilson was named to for the second time this season. He earned that after the Navy game as well. Well-deserved honors. Zach really looks the part right now, folks. He is everything I think BYU fans have been hoping to see. If you guys have been sitting there thinking, Zach Wilson's not the answer. I'll tell you what, right now through two games, he is showing that he is growing up right before our very eyes. He's fully healthy for the first time in a BYU uniform since, what, his true freshman year. And I really do think that we're going to see the best of Zach Wilson. It's still yet to come. That's crazy to think about, folks, because he's already off to a stellar start this season. But if he gets better and better, and I think he will... I think you're going to see something special from him. The arm strength is there. The athleticism is there. The decision-making, just the overall football IQ. It's all coming together right now for Zach Wilson. And it happens for a lot of guys when they become juniors. There's something about just being a guy who becomes an upperclassman. There's a comfort level that comes. So if you're still on the Zach Wilson is not that good train, it's time to get off. It's time to stop that train full stop. And you know what? embrace what he is. He is QB1 at BYU, and guess what? You're not going to see him relinquish that unless something that he can't control stops him from that. I really like what we're seeing from Zach Wilson, and I think everything he has shown so far 
is a great uh, is a great showing for him. And here's hoping that he has a continued run of success here. I really do think that we've learned a lot about him early on this season, and I really do think the best is still yet to come for Zach Wilson. A couple of the notes for you guys from yesterday is the BYU and Houston announced that their game on October 16th in Houston, it originally was moved from Provo to Houston. It was slated to be on ESPN2, but with BYU in the national rankings and what appears to be maybe a lighter slate on that weekend on a Friday night, ESPN has made the decision to move that game from ESPN2 to the mothership, ESPN. That is an awesome, I think, thing for BYU. ESPN is seen in, what, twice the households the ESPN2 is. So good to see the Cougars really getting some primetime slots. And speaking of primetime slots, on October 10th, when they host UT San Antonio at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, so a week from this coming Saturday, BYU will be playing in the afternoon. It's not in the afternoons anymore. Well, at least for one week it will be, old man. That game will be played at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN2. I'm actually quite stunned and pleasantly surprised to see BYU get that slot mid-afternoon against UTSA. I always thought that game, especially with how BYU is the only team in the Western United States currently playing games, that that would be an 8.15 kick. I assume the vast majority of BYU's games this season at home were going to be late-night kickoffs. So I actually think it's really cool that BYU is getting an afternoon slot for a game against UTSA. Who knows how good the Roadrunners really are? Who knows how good every, every team on BYU's schedule really is? But the good news is, BYU's off to a great start. I think ESPN understands the power of BYU's brand, especially when they're off to as good of a start as they've had so far this year. Uh, if BYU wins this weekend, folks, it'll be the first time they've been 3-0 and since 2014. Of course, the year that a lot of people think Taysom Hill could have led them to something special had he stayed healthy. They, of course, started that season 4-0 and and moved up to number 18 in the national rankings before Taysom got hurt. Obviously derailed that season from that point, but I really do think BYU's onto something here, folks, and I really think the Cougars are poised to make a big-time run here. Of course, they need to make sure they take care of business one game at a time, and I want to get to one other quote from Tom Homo here. He talked with DJ and PK yesterday about what he likes about the BYU football program. I think the exact question from PK was, how much do you like this football program? And there were some very interesting thoughts in the quote from Tom Homo. Here you go. They're a good team. Uh, a lot remains to be seen just because of the un- un- unusual aspects of this team, uh, of, the, of the year. One of the things that I've been watching college football with is to see like these teams that are really strong and traditional teams that for whatever reason, they're not playing well this year. They have good personnel. They have very strong coaching. They have great traditions. But when you watch them play, something's missing. Something's wrong. And it has to do with the emotional and the mental aspects of the game. It has to do with the physical aspects that they didn't get their normal scheduling of spring practice and winter conditioning and all the little things. And somewheres on places along the lines, there were pieces of their preparation that were missing. And right now, only those coaches know what's going on. And it, I think there'll be great books written about this year to be able to go back and say, what happened? 
And I, it was like, so that's why for Kalani and his team, I'm super proud of him right now because you can only take it a day at a time. And what Kalani's doing is he's taking it a day at a time. And so for two games, for two weeks, and I take that back because, I mean, there was great preparation for that Army game. But for these early prep games, they've done everything they possibly can. And you're really not quite sure how it's going to be. But you can, I think after two weeks, our people are starting to get used to what they see. And there now, there'll be another game and more challenges, and then there'll be another road game and more challenges. But instead of looking down the road, and, I, and that's what we, all people like to do in college football, is to prognosticate. That's what makes it so fun. What's going to happen? Look at these two teams coming together at the end. And for us right now, the only thing that we can do to put us in a best position to succeed is to take it a day at a time. And, and how many times that, there we go. Coach speak, if there is ever a year where you take it a day at a time, this is the year. I know it sounds like coach speak because you heard him just say, speaking of Tom Homo, but it's true. This is a year very much so that BYU has to take things day by day. That's how you have to approach things because COVID can wreck things so quickly. It has caused games to be canceled within hours of them being seemingly scheduled. It's just one of those things that none of us know what is coming next amidst this pandemic. Let's be honest, it sucks. There are so many things that have been disrupted about our everyday lives that we would like to have back into our, I think, our regular routines. But nonetheless, we're all trying to adapt, and college football and the BYU football program, they're no different. So I appreciate Tom Homo saying that, that this year, unlike any year, is the best year to take it day by day and really just approach things on a really specific focus, literally day by day. I think Tom Homo is preaching that to Kalani Satake. I think Coach Satake is preaching it to his players. And I think it's the right way to go about things. You want to make sure these guys understand that how quickly things can change for you. And not to just, I guess, what, what would you say? Not to, um, oh, how do you say it? Not to overlook it. Not to take it for granted. There we go. Not to take it for granted. Enjoy every day of it. And I think they're trying to do just that. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch you up on how everything's going with former Cougars in the pros. How did guys do in week three of the NFL season? We'll catch up on all of that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, if you'd like to advertise with this podcast, we'd be happy to have you guys on board. Competitive rates, we reach thousands of BYU fans along the Wasatch Front in addition to nationwide and even globally in some circumstances. And we'd be happy to represent your brand, your product, or your service right here on this podcast. If you're interested in having us advertise with you guys, please email lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We have great audience. Like I said, thousands of unique listeners each and every week. We'd love to have you guys on board advertising and leading you guys to advertising success in a digital platform format with the Locked On Cougars podcast. It's a Tuesday. That means we're running down how former Cougars in the pros did in week three of the NFL season this week. So let's catch up on how the former Cougars did across the National Football League. Let's start off in Florida. On Thursday night, the Miami Dolphins beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-13. to Kyle Van Noy, of course, started at linebacker for the Dolphins in their first win of the season. He forced a fumble on a strip sack of Gardner Minshew. Very reminiscent of what he did in a BYU uniform a lot as a Cougar. He recovered the ball at the 
Jaguars 10-yard line, setting up a touchdown four plays later. He also added three tackles, including a solo stop and two quarterback hurries in that victory. Congratulations to Van Noy on the first win of the season. The Cleveland Browns likewise won on the weekend. They took on the Washington football team. Sione Takitaki started once again, had a team best seven tackles, including two solo tackles, as well as a solo special teams tackle, while playing 41 defensive snaps and eight of them on special teams. Taki Taki really uh, bowed his time as a rookie there with Cleveland, but he's getting his opportunity now, and it's really cool to see what he's doing uh, leading the Browns with another victory to his credit. The San Francisco 49ers, they may be one of the most beat-up teams in the NFL, but no matter, they went on the road for the second straight week to MetLife Stadium and absolutely crushed the New York Giants. 36 to 9. Ziggy Ansaw played 21 snaps, did not register anything in the box score, but it's good to see him out on the field for the San Francisco 49ers. He was part of a big play, though, where he helped bring pressure that led to Fred Warner's interception in this game. Warner, of course, started at Mike Linebacker. He is one of the captains for the San Francisco 49ers team. He has 27 total tackles on the season, top 10 in the NFL through three weeks. Added his first interception of the season in that win over the New York Giants. Really cool to see that. And I think he's having a great season so far. He added a team-high seven tackles in the win over the Giants. Two of them solo stops as well as a pass deflection while playing 45 defensive snaps in the victory. Fred's going to be a key cog for the 49ers who are especially thin just across their entire roster. And for one week at least, they got away with it. They beat the Giants. Better teams are ahead on their schedule, and hopefully they can get some guys back. But cool to see Fred Warner and Ziggy gain their opportunity with the 49ers. On uh, to the uh, New York Jets, who are just abysmal. I'm not going to lie. They're they're like the New York Giants. What are they both 0-3, 0-6 in New York? So uh, the team's in blue and green there in the nation's biggest city. Not so good, but Harvey Longy played 24 special team snaps in the loss to the Colts, 36-7. Just another route at the hand of Indianapolis for the Jets. Uh, both uh, Bronson and Corbin Kafusi remain on the practice squad for the Jets. Maybe at some point later on the season, we'll move, see them move up to the active roster and get their opportunities. The Panthers beat the Los Angeles Chargers 21-16. Michael Davis started at cornerback and had six tackles, five of them solo in that loss. Davis, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. I'm hoping at some point we can talk to him because his story from going being benched as a senior at BYU to now being a starting cornerback in the NFL, nothing short of marvelous. Cool story, and at some point I'd like to have him tell it to all of us. We'll see what we can do. On the Sunday night football game, the Green Bay Packers beat the New Orleans Saints 37-30. Of course, this featured both Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill. On the winning side of things, Jamal Williams had six carries for 14 yards, also had one reception for three yards while playing on both special teams and on offense for Green Bay in the victory. Taysom Hill, though, not a great night, honestly. Listed as the starter at tight end, had two carries for six yards and one reception for one yard, but he did have a critical fumble with 12-19 to play. Many of you probably saw this on social media if you didn't see it live. A bad read by him on a read option. The ball gets punched out and... They lose control of the ball, and that just one of those things that hurts because Taysom is now really getting roasted online. As I said on Twitter, you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch if you so desire. I said Taysom Hill is living the famous Harvey Dent quote from The Dark Knight Rises. Either live, either die young, excuse me, either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the victim 
become the villain. I, I butchered that quote, but you guys know what I'm talking about. That famous quote from The Dark Knight Rises, uh, that trilogy of Batman, and Taysom Hill right now absolutely getting crushed. And it's not a good play, but he's done many other good things in his career with the Saints, and hopefully he can get back into the good graces at some point here in the near future. Finally, the Monday night game, a clash of two Titans with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs came away with the 34-20 victory. Daniel Sorensen playing once again, starting once again for the Chiefs in that victory. Had a big role once again, second on the team in total tackles with five tackles, four of them solo on the night. Of course, he is the ultimate team guy and seeing his team improve to 3-0 with Patrick Mahomes just absolutely showing out. Really cool to see, but congratulations to Daniel Sorensen as well as former BYU coach and alum Andy Reid are moving to 3-0 on the season. The defending Super Bowl champions look like they're well on their way to potentially defending their title. Uh, 3-0 is a great start, and obviously they're going to have their work cut out for them. I'm sure they'll see the Baltimore Ravens at some point in the playoffs, I would imagine, but a good win nonetheless on Monday Night Football. All right, that'll do it for the Tuesday edition of the show. We didn't get to any of the Monday press conference audio, but we had a lot of other things to talk about. So we'll let you hear from Kalani Satake as well as other BYU players later on this week. Of course, we'll have more interviews today with BYU assistant coaches and the like, other BYU players. So stay tuned for all of that audio coming up throughout the week as get you ready for that game against Louisiana Tech on Friday night. Looking forward to that and looking forward to joining you guys each and every day talking BYU sports. Follow the show on social media. You can search us out, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Look up Locked On Cougars right there for you guys. Real easy to find. Keeping up to date on everything going on with the podcast, everything with BYU sports. Like I said, we are just doing everything we can to make you guys the most well-rounded and most informed BYU fans you can be. Once again, big thank you for your support of the podcast. If you'd like to email the show, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 29th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys manana.